Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, the Red Raiders still looking for answers along the offensive line, and we will hear from Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire on that and more as Tech has two help-wanted signs at both tackle positions, and that can't be a good thing this far into the season. We're breaking it down next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Glad to have you along for the ride again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen or viewing on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Make sure that you are subscribed so you never miss a bonus episode hitting the ground running this week. So you may have missed something already if you're not subscribed. Don't want to do it again, so get there. Do that now on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. And as we typically go through the week, kind of again to get to the midway point tomorrow, turn the page towards Texas Christian, the battle for the saddle the West Texas Championship, which definitely comes with a commemorative keychain if you win. That sucker will begin our turn to turn our attention to that uh, coming up tomorrow. But this time around is, is spent uh, taking a listen to the head coach, Joey McGuire. As he kicks off the week meeting with the media. And, uh, man, there were some really interesting things to get into uh, from his comments to kick off the week, Chris. And, and I don't want to waste any time. We're talking about big people to begin this show. And it is a big thought. It's kind of a big conversation as we're breaking down the state of the offensive line, which as for this week includes, to quote Joey McGuire, true competition. Here is Coach McGuire. I don't know how many people have looked at their depth chart, but there's a lot of oars on it. And it wasn't there last week. And uh, the reason is, is, again, I go back and I've said it all year long, but you can't be the brand and have competitive in your your um part of your brand and who you are and not whenever you come out of a game and and different people struggle not have other people competing for that job you know and so I mean really uh the right tackle and left tackle there's oars by both of them there we're going to see who plays the best this week we'll probably do a little bit more good on good um this week to kind of put those guys under pressure you know but you know at left tackle you've got Caleb Rogers and Ethan Card he's an older guy he's you know he's had uh He's done everything we asked, so we're going to let those two guys battle it out. And, you know, depending on Monroe, if Monroe can come back and I feel good about him, then that will be our starter at right tackle. But if not, you know, Matthew Keeler and, and Ty Buchanan, I mean, we're – it's going to be a true competition. Monroe right now is going to be taking snaps out of a right-handed stance and a left-handed stance. So, you know, if he's fully healthy, I can see him easily being over there. And, you know, Caleb was a right tackle, and we moved him over to left tackle. And, um, you know – We'll see in a couple of weeks when we're, if we're fully healthy what that looks like. Uh, but Ethan's played guard and tackle, you know, and and played both in college football. And so um, he got all the reps uh, as, as Caleb's backup last week. Whenever Monroe went down, we moved Ty back over and moved Keeler over to right. And, you know, just trying to get the best five out there. That's a belly full. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know how your your Halloween was uh, last night, uh, Cowan. Ho- hopefully, you didn't have anybody uh, handcuffed uh, that showed up at your and tried to trick or treat or whatever. Uh, you know, but handcuffed. I was going to say, quit looking through my windows. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. I, I knew I knew there would be some joke there. Hey, thank but, you. But 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 this is this is not good to hear. I'm all about competition. I'm all about you know like how. Bottom line is, if you had better options, that they would have been playing. Um, and 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 that's you're you're trying to you're you're trying to shake this thing up and 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 trying to to stress and strain and get the best out of people. This is just not. I, I don't. I don't know if this position group really is going to get a whole lot better. I think they can, but there's just not a lot of uh, pieces that you're necessarily comfortable with or that are that are answers for you, I guess is my point. And we knew this was going to be a problem position for you coming into the year. Uh, unfortunately, some of the grad transfers, you know, have not been an answer for you. And, you know, Ty Buchanan, I don't really fault him because he's a, he's a pup, he's a freshman and he's got it all in front of him. And I think eventually he will Monroe Mills. He, he has been an answer. Unfortunately, he's a bit dinged up right now, but I, I think when you start hearing that, man, we, we may we're going to open up the competition for both tackle spots. We may move one over the other and move a yeah. guy in and out. You, you're just talking about because let's just be honest. You know who your best offensive lineman has been this year? It's been your walk. Guess? It's been your walk on center. The menace, Dennis, yeah. in the and, middle. I know, and amazing. I think everybody will tell you too that he's probably more of a natural guard. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he plays next year is guard. But I, I I just think we didn't know it at the time. And we I remember when I first mentioned it to you, you you were like, What? What did you just say? But whenever I never would have guessed that when we kind of found out that Cole Spencer was gonna be lost for the year, that that would be the blow that it's been. Because I think an old all-conference type guy would have calmed everybody down and, and, you know, I think it would have made the guys each, you know, next to him on either side of him much better, but you know, look, it's just, uh, it's, it's just been a problem. And I don't know, I don't ultimately know what the answer is, but I will say this to you. I bet this position group looks a lot different next year. I will just say that. I would hope so. Uh, Can you take (laughs) me back to the off season, because what I find especially interesting here, and I don't know what my choice would be if I was Coach Hamby or Coach McGuire, is them talking about a healthy Monroe Mills, if he is that way, possibly being flipped over to the left side. And there was like, I don't know if it was an insinuation, but the way I heard it there was, hey, that could mean that Rodgers goes back to the right. Yep. And he mentioned we moved Caleb Rodgers to the left side. Now, Rogers coming into the season had 16 starts, played the second most offensive snaps on the team last year. So take me back to why did that happen? Why did Rogers, in my opinion, elevate to the left tackle spot? I think traditionally got a right-handed quarterback, at least left tackles, the premier spot there as important as any of them. So how did that come to be in the first place? And and can you believe maybe second guessing that now, I guess? Well, he, he was one of the most experienced linemen that you had. Uh, Caleb Rogers was. I think we all know all your quarterbacks are right-handed. That's obviously a premium spot at left tackle. I think you were trying to figure out who fit where best. I don't think Weston Wright is a natural tackle at all. So 
and Dennis Wilburn is not a natural tackle. So you've got some different options at tackle. And so I think you went with your most experienced one and just put him at left tackle. But I think you heard correctly there that if Monroe Mills was in fact, because I think they really like Monroe Mills. He's young. Yeah. He went healthy. I think he was pretty solid. And I think I think he, you can see that he's getting better. Unfortunately, he's a bit dinged up right now. Don't know if he's ready this week or not. But if not, if not this week, I bet it's I bet it's the next one. So he, he's going to be back soon. And uh, but but if he was a healthy right now, I think he'd be your starting left tackle. I think Caleb Rogers may be trying to to be the starting right tackle uh, at, at this point. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, that that's just and again, it, it's all it's all trying to get your best five out there and then put those guys in the best spot that they can because I think that Cade Briggs was recruited here to really to be a center, mm-hmm. and he you know he broke his if you, if you remember he broke his wrist and missed all of spring. He kind of was coming back. Well, it, it's hard to snap it when you're a center because I think that was the hand that he snapped with. And so I think he came back and, and and kind of eased in in August and all that, but it just never, never, you know, got his stride. And I think he was, you know, had to work his way back into shape and it just wasn't, it, it wasn't working. And so center is a very vital position. So, okay, well, well Wilburn, Wilburn can do it. He did it all spring only because Cade Briggs was out the whole spring. Yeah. So there was just some different things that I think that whenever they, they brought guys in that they thought they would do, you know, and the, the, one of the huge disappointments, though, was like Michael Shanahan out of Tennessee Martin. He was a really good player at a very lower level of college football, and it, it just it, – it's been a miss. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know what they'll do with some guys like that, but if he can graduate or if he does graduate, you know, I, I could see you trying to figure something out there with, with, with him. And I, and I don't know. I'm probably talking out of turn. I'm just, I'm just looking at – in this day and age, you, you just can't – you, you you just can't have guys that are old on your roster that aren't contributing. It sounds harsh, but this is a different deal than 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 it used to be, where you just kind of are nice to guys and let them kind of hang around and and all that, or you don't want to. But but nowadays with the NIL stuff and all that, man, and, and especially if you've graduated, you just gotta. We need help and we need it now. Um, and I, I I just I think you're seeing though. I guess my point to wrap all this up. I think you're seeing now. They don't want to go through the same situation next year, hmm. you know. The, like like the same group. I, I again, I think I think Monroe will get better. I think Buchanan's going to get better. I think you, you've got to push Caleb Rogers and squeeze as much out of him as you can. I think you'd love to move Dennis Wilburn over to guard and and maybe bring in a center, maybe hmm. bring in a tackle, maybe maybe go to the portal for a couple of different older options if you can find the right ones. And again, you need to find the right ones. And at this point, I, I think, you know, with Buchanan and Mills, you feel like, okay, we hit on that. We hit on uh, uh, Dennis Wilburn, you know, because he he was a transfer guy too, even though he, he's a freebie right now. And I think he's, you know, through the NIL and all that stuff, I bet he's on scholarship next year. But with, with Shanahan, with Briggs, the, those guys, it just hasn't it hasn't worked like you'd hoped. Uh, but uh, And you are adding Cole Spencer back to that group. I mean, he's and, got a future here, right? Still? A thousand percent, and I yeah. think that, that that that's just a guy that I think would have helped so much. But yeah. again, he's hurt and he's out for the year and had minor back surgery and all that. So yeah, I think adding Cole Spencer because I mean I think that he's 
he, he's a starting guard. And if you have Dennis Wilburn as your starting guard, if you feel comfortable with your center, all of a sudden your interior got really, really good and really old, depending on what you do at center. But um, and so we'll see. I'm, t- I'm, I'm kind of getting way ahead, but I'm just it's just not real comforting when you hear this in week eight of the season. The tackle positions are up for grabs. Both. I mean, it, 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 te- it <laughs> all of them you, we got. <laughs> yes, and it tells you so much, though. It tells you it, we, we know this group has struggled, and we know that well, you couldn't run the ball some, then 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 you, you can't pass block, and it's just been kind of a that, that's that's part of the problem on offense. But there, there's only so many pieces there, and that position group honestly has been a problem for the past. Oh. Six, six to eight seasons. You've had nice pieces here and there, but as far as having plenty of depth, it's been it's been a long a long while. Chris, sure. my my lips started quivering just missing a lost love when you mentioned. And I don't even remember where he is. Stillwater, where's Matt Moore? No, he's in. Uh, he, he's actually in Morgantown now. Okay, I remember a yeah. previous week you mentioned Matt Moore, and I'm thinking like 2009. I mean, am I going back to that era? Well, Lee, Lee Hayes did a good job with it early you had on some, in the Cliff years. Yeah. Hey, and by the way, there's some NFL guys that were in this previous decade of suck, you know? So there were some here or there, but yeah, it's been... Yeah, Terrence Steele, LaRaven Clark. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you've had some dudes, man. And, and, and T. Steele, he's crushing it with the Cowboys right oh, now. Yeah. He was a he was a punchline of a joke a year ago, and now <laughs> he, he he's he, he's one of the pleasant surprises on the entire team, and nobody talks about him, you know? Well, so. And- I was going to say, much like the quarterback position, it just reminds me of that Leach era, how spoiled you were with offensive line groups. One of them, arguably the best in the history of the program, but even around that, just really good above average offensive lines uh, as you roll through that decade. And while you had some moments, clearly, I mean, you had back-to-back thousand-yard rusher with DeAndre Washington uh, early in the previous decade. So you were doing some things right, but man, it's been a long time since that's been uh, anything that you were proud of or felt like was going to give you a chance on most days. And I don't know how you how you work. I don't know that you work around it, but work with it, compensate for it. But uh, a good coach will find a way to. So I hope that there are guys out there um, on the offensive side of the football for Texas Tech that are able to do so. And, and just my general take, uneducated, Chris, I always feel like rolling the dice with sending a bad offensive line forward instead of backward is what I'd like to do more often. And that's why I do have a tattoo on my chest that says, run the damn ball for life. So, I don't know. I know not everybody will agree with that. But I think sometimes there is a better chance to take a guy who maybe is not the most talented and say, hey, just ball this dude in front of you. You know, your footwork and all that stuff, great. Uh, try to just kick this guy's ass right here and get him out of his gap. May give you a little bit better shot here and there. I think off of the we're made to move forward. But I've been singing that song since Mike Leach got on campus, and I was wrong many times <laughs> <laughs> during his tenure because he well, had some and, great ones. And Casey, you know what changed it too? And we probably didn't talk about this enough uh, <laughs> earlier this week, but you know what changed it too? At, at some point on on this past Saturday was when Landon Peterson went out, and and he uh, due to a shoulder issue, and he 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 was not and did not return, and Jacoby Jackson came in. You know, Zach Kitley talked about earlier this week. You know, hey. We didn't go to as much screen games. We didn't go to as much the stuff that we'd practiced and repped because, you know, that that's that's Landon Peterson's game, and he'd practiced a lot of that. Jacoby, that's not necessarily what he's good at, and we hadn't repped him a ton 
with that because we, you know, because the offensive line, that's one of the, that's one of the few positions where, well, you like to have your five there and you really let them, let them roll. And, right. You know, and that's chemistry that's just, synergy. You've yeah. got to develop all of that. Yep. Yeah, all, all that. So that, that's another issue too. You just gotten, yeah. you know, but a couple of minor injuries there that are kind of not helping the situation, only hurting it because, you know, you essentially have a backup right tackle and a backup right guard in there for the entire second half of uh, of the game versus Baylor, which you need you need all the experience and help and 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 all that at that position that you can get. So anyway, it is that, what it is. And all that being what it is still leaves you right now as we open up the month of November uh, in a spot to get to a bowl game. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know it hasn't looked great, certainly not consistently, but. Got to hang in there because you still got opportunities uh, piled up in front of you beginning this week in Fort Worth. Uh, before we are out of here today, we'll get back to some more thoughts from head coach Joey McGuire. Really interesting thoughts on processing turnovers. What leads to them when you have such an ugly day, when that column uh, stands out the way that it does, like it did against Baylor? You know, really wondering what do you make of each one and uh, where do you kind of lie or I guess place some of this blame uh, at the feet of, because it's clearly not just on a quarterback's arm or brain or a play call or the offensive line, sometimes a combination of those things. Coach McGuire outlines some of that we will get to up ahead. And also a thought from Coach McGuire, I'll tell you what it is that made me say, I'm too old for this. (laughs) That's up ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, our partners at Nissan working with us to create a brand new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling, 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 Thrilling Moments, 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 where we highlight the most exciting play from the Red Raiders over the weekend or possibly in the history of Texas Tech football. And this week's thrilling moment from Joey McGuire and the good guys actually comes from a point in time where I'm thinking in the stands, Chris, here we go. There's still fight left in the tank. We go to near the end of the third quarter. It was a fourth and eight, and Baron Morton does things that you do not script. You do not coach. You are only born with, I suppose, as he makes a play with his legs and gets into the end zone, covers that eight yards, and then with 246 left in the third, Chris, it's only a 24-17 to 17 ball game. Uh, even with everything that you had done poorly up to that point. But uh, that had the Jones rocking. One of those few moments where Tech fans had something to get excited about, and and that was a thrilling play from the freshman. Yeah, I mean, basically, same end zone, same kind of scenario that Donovan Smith, you know, won the game versus, you know, what was it, Houston on, right? Or no, it was Texas, excuse me. When he just kind of, you're down there in that same end zone, you call a play, you look up, and it's like, you know what? Uh, I think I may just tuck this and go. And so Baron Morton, he, he's lucky to get out of uh, a, a would-be tackler, and he kind of stumbled a little bit. But then I, I just thought that that's kind of the moxie and kind of the extra stuff that I think he, somebody like him, gives you. He's a very much a a competitor. I think you know, as has been talked about, sometimes that this quality can get quarterbacks in trouble a little bit because they rely on it a bit too much or they they that's feel right. too comfortable with it. But in that sense, man, he he puts you in a position to where you were just down a touchdown with about two and a half left in the third quarter, and I just uh, yeah it, that 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 was as loud as that place got all night, and that that was when some folks had already uh, kind of left. But yeah, that was great play, uh, big time uh, opportunity that we thought it was going to give you, but uh, but yeah, not, not not to be, but not not for the lack of uh, effort from Baron there. 
big ups to Baron Morton, who went <laughs> country strong on him to yep. get into the end zone in a big moment for his team. And this week's thrilling moment in college football, which does include a flex from Chris Level, double thrilling moments, ladies. Take it in. Looking's free, touching will cost you. This thrilling <laughs> moment in college football brought to you by Nissan, the thrilling designs behind their new lineup intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When you're thinking of unbelievable abilities, you're thinking about Baron Morton on fourth down over the weekend. Appreciate our friends at Nissan for bringing us once again a thrilling moment and visit their brand new line at NissanUSA.com. And also our friends at Jay's Salsa are wanting to up your salsa experience. The mild or the hot, whatever your pleasure is, you can find it on grocery store shelves in over 90 stores in Texas or New Mexico or shipping all over the U.S. at jsalsacompany.com. And now, Chris, people are just letting us know uh, where they are planting that J Salsa flag on the map. We're trying to cover all 50 states, and uh, we're making a lot of progress. So thanks to everybody who's got in on the J Salsa experience so far, right? I think at last check, we're at 28, 28 all different right. states. Yeah, I've got a map in my office. There's there's little pins all over it. It's been awesome. I mean, just just <laughs> checking them off, man. And, and, and again, if you're not real sure about the mild or you're not real sure about the hot, mix it up, man. Cocktail it. We talk about this all the time. Don't be That's shy. Right. Mix them together. But, you know, they will ship it to anywhere you are. Uh, you can buy it locally here in Lubbock if you're where Casey and I are. Or you can, you know, like I said, uh, all the different places in New Mexico and all the different uh uh, establishments in the Metroplex, I think. And so anyway, United Supermarkets, Albertsons, H-E-B, or, or online at jsalsacompany.com. Get you some. Yeah, and I'd love to see the reaction. Uh, keep them coming there on YouTube. We've gotten some feedback. and uh, I'm even going to get you a hat, Cowan. I'm even going to get you a jsalsacompany.com hat. Yes. Let's go. Gear. Yes, Proudly wear it. And only yes. a slight fee for like a forehead tattoo or something, if they're interested. <laughs> so we can have that conversation. I don't mind. I got the yeah. real estate. Uh, I have heard from some, you know, like the salsa, I'm sorry, the hot version. Oh, excruciating. Then I've heard from others in San Antonio. I need my salsa to cry. I think they're still challenging the heat levels. Okay. <laughs> All across the board, whatever way you like it. Highball, salsa highball, little Frankenstein cocktail there, as Chris mentioned. Whatever way you want to do it, you'll be doing it right if it's with our friends at Jay's Salsa Company. And as Chris mentioned, in Texas or New Mexico, over 90 stores, most United Supermarkets, Albertson Supermarkets, Market Streets, or right here in Lubbock, Texas, America, if you're blessed to be among us or can get here quickly at HEB. Red and black jar on the shelf. You can't miss it. Gives you that friendly, fuzzy, warm Red Raider vibe in your tummy when you see it because these are Red Raiders. Red Raider yes, they are. Their guns are always up. That's right. Guns are always up. Console your Red Raider feelings this week with some Jay's <laughs> salsa. As we mentioned, over 90 stores in Texas or New Mexico or shipping anywhere in the U.S. right now at jsalsacompany.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech a part of your day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts all across the great state, the USA, worldwide, or throughout the galaxy, even saying what up 
to those aliens in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean off the coast of San Diego. Not even a joke anymore. Like, really, we're just saying hello to you out there. Glad you're fans of Locked On <laughs> Texas Tech. Is this a joke anymore? I still have no idea. But I know if some of you are irritated to hear of three quarterback packages, there are also people out there who are irritated by your irritation. So I feel like we're just serving all sides of the audience, Chris, uh, by getting back into this comment from Tech head coach Joey McGuire that made me wonder truly if I was just getting too old for this. You know, I do think that uh, this is a good week to pull out our three quarterback package and and uh, you know see what the, that looks like. Um, you know, it, regardless, you still we still feel good about some of the stuff we can do with Donovan and short yardage. Um, and so, you know, I, I see that as a as a uh, plus for us. I think it uh, stresses defenses, and um, I, I think it's good competition. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see who, again, whoever walks out there first. I, I feel like it really kind of is like here's our starting quarterback, and here's who we're going to roll with. Um, give us the best chance to win. <laughs> what, do you, what do you? Yeah. What do you want me to just react to that? He's just trolling us, right? He's just trolling so. Us. So here, here's the three QB uh, specifically. The three QB he, pack. Yeah. Here, here's uh, here's <laughs> how I can. I mean, we we've talked about this. Yeah. There was a point in August where they did. They practiced uh, a lot of things. I never saw any of this stuff. I don't know really know what it it looks like. But I mean, Joey's been very transparent about it and. <laughs> The, the, there was a variety of plays, and I and I not just one. I mean, I I, th- I think there was a variety of plays, and when I say Package. variety, yeah, that <laughs> that that had all three on the field at the same time. I don't know who's doing what. I don't know, and and, and a lot of it, I, I think, again, the reasoning at the time, you keep them engaged, you mess with opposing defensive coordinators, you your your team kind of has fun with it and you you kind of are able to use some of these guys and some skill sets and maybe maybe create a mismatch or or whatever uh because it, it is time once you show it it is time that the opposing teams you'll play have to spend on it and go okay what are we going to do here what are we going to do there and all that stuff you know th- things have changed because guys got dinged up and they got hurt and we have seen a couple of times this year Baron Morton and Donovan Smith on the field at the same time. They've been fairly simple runs, uh, but you know I'm not going to be surprised if they if they pull this out and and show you a couple of different things with it. If if there's a time in the game or down in distance where it makes sense, I mean Zach is extremely creative. I think he he wants to be that. He wants more guys, you know, in the portal era. You want more guys on your on your team and engaged and involved. Than not, but this, in my opinion, the Baron will start this game and it'll be Baron's game. And I think yeah. that they will continue to use because Joey told you as much. Yeah, they're going to continue to find things for Donovan to do in short yardage situations, and they just feel like that stresses a defense. And I think they would prefer that he not, you know, turn it over. But he also threw a touchdown pass too that was dropped. You know, I mean, so uh, that that's that's as good as I can do on. On some of that up, but I like it, and I like the aspect of using Donovan Smith in some of those situations. I, I'm just believing that Joey McGuire is having some fun with this at this point. Whether it's actually going to happen or not, I think he's enjoying it now. Uh, rolling out the three quarterback package, 
uh, conversation every week because people are talking about it. And I do kind of get a kick out of uh, either my own irritation at the thought of uh, sidelining two other good offensive players for two quarterbacks to be on the field. It certainly wouldn't be my choice. But I also like the irritation at my irritation. So I'm just here for all of it. It's entertaining yeah. to me, Chris. But I do like the thought of Donovan Smith and some of those moments being used as a ball carrier, as a ball carrier. And I don't care what you get into tempo-wise or we don't want to sub or, hey, now we got to do – no, he never cocks that arm back, never, unless he's just doing calisthenics on the sideline. I don't want to see the arm cocked back. But as a quarterback, he's built like a brick house. I don't mind him as a ball carrier in some of these moments, and I like it even a little bit better when more Morton is on the field at the same time. I think you can do some interesting things possibly with those two guys both on the field, but uh, I am still fascinated by the thought of uh, let's get three cornerbacks out there at the same time. And he said again, this feels like a good week. Not just, hey, we're still thinking about it, but this feels like a good week to roll out the 3QB PKG. Put it on a shirt if it actually happens. Forget the Take 3 University shirts. 3QB, PKG. Let's get those on shirts maybe at the Locked On Texas Tech merch store. What? We don't have one? All right. When we start one, that's the first item in the store. Uh, let us know how you feel about it in the YouTube comments. Would love to hear from you out there. Do you find it realistic? Is it just conversation every week from the head coach? Are you irritated by it? Are you irritated by others? being irritated by it <laughs> whatever camp you fall in you're welcome uh for this conversation here on locked on texas tech we'll wrap it up with another thought from coach mcguire really interesting as he processes what leads to turnovers and it's not as simple of course as you might think here or there he also throws kind of what leads into maybe pressure on the quarterback in some of these situations uh under the same tent and we'll get to coach mcguire on that coming up next on locked on texas tech but First, it's our friends at Sweat Block, giving sweaty Americans, nay, sweaty global citizens worldwide, their confidence back. Just like Mike, who is a Vegas resort concierge, sweating through his suit coat every night on the job. You're not taking a guy's advice who's sweating through his suit coat on where to catch a meal or some terrific Vegas entertainment. Woo! But not anymore is that a problem for Mike. Thanks to Sweat Block, Mike was able to fix his problem, and the Sweat Block wipes are now a no-brainer for Mike. They're a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date or a pressure-packed day on the job. Sweat Block benefits everyone. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with the promo code locked on right now at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. You got locked on Texas Tech. Hello, double D. Pure heat for your ear hole. Is anybody else? across the Locked On Podcast Network that has such a debilitating loss coming in as hot as we are the following week. I'm talking four episodes in 48 hours, Chris. I don't think anybody's doing that after something like what we experienced on Saturday night. You usually like to kind of get in a hole, right, after something like that. Casey Cowan is a machine, people. I mean, he is a content-creating machine. 
the big 12. And, and now, and now, and now, and now you're already kind of floating ideas about merch stores and everything like that. Let's so, go. I mean, send your t-shirt designs in right now, man. He doesn't have enough to do. Bring them on. Let him sort, let him sort through them. I already yeah. know there's a certain shop on Broadway that's going to have my design up probably tomorrow in the window. <laughs> Good grief. Forget I said that. Forget I said that earlier. Erase yeah. that part of the tape. I'm talking to myself because I'm the one that'll cut it. Okay. We'll wrap up our conversation here today with, I thought, some really interesting insights on what leads to a turnover here or there. As Coach McGuire was asked about, obviously, a very, very ugly night in that column against Baylor, Red Raiders turned it over five times. And uh, there are not many or any games that you're going to win whenever you got a number like that uh, in the turnover column. So Coach McGuire talked about watching film, breaking down, processing what led to these mistakes, because obviously it's not always such a simple answer. The biggest thing is like, why is it happening? And so you got to do a lot of film study and, you know, you've got to, the guys have got to be willing to, to make sure they're taking the time coming in one-on-one. Um, especially at the quarterback position. And so, so why did this happen? Why were you late? What did you see on this ball? Um, you know, some of that stuff like that. I mean, uh, and then there's sometimes that you are on time, but they've called a really good defense into it and they are sitting on a play and, you know, bad things happen. But a lot of it's just film study, you know, and getting the ball out on time. Um, is one of the biggest things. Cause I mean, I have to go back. I can't think off the top of my head, but I have to go back, um, of each one, you know, should the ball have gone there? Uh, was that your second? What happened? Why didn't you go to your first look? Um, there was a couple like that, you know, a couple of guys that are open and that's your first look. Throw it to them, you know. Um, same thing with sacks. I mean, you know, whether you throw the ball away or you're trying to do too much. I mean, there's some plays. There was a play going into the south end zone that we've got Bradley on a little. He may pick up two yards. Uh, but that's first read. 35's in your face. Get it out of your hands. You're not – the play's over. Like, you either got to go there or you got to throw it away. You can't keep trying to make plays. And and our three quarterbacks, the good thing about them is they can make plays with their feet. Sometimes uh, that gets the better of you, too. You know, the the one thing – because Barron played the bulk of this game. This was his game. I mean, you know, Tyler played a couple of series. It didn't look very good. And then, you know, and then obviously Donovan had those, uh, you know, kind of spurts where there was just – they tried to do some different things and left him in and, and, and you know, just a handful of plays. But this was really Barron's game. And, and I think I think you're seeing part of, you know, just a young quarterback too. So we have to, we have to remember that if, if people want this kid, you're gonna have to be able to live with some of this stuff in that there's going to be some growing pains here. I mean, and we, I, I think coach Kitley mentioned, you know, man, I, I remember watching Graham Harrell as like a, a, a sophomore that hadn't played much. And there were some times where it didn't go well. Uh, you know, he oh, yeah. he's mentioned, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and so, and, and then you remember the finished product, which is what we all remember, but to get to that point, it's a bit tricky. And so we just yeah. – th- there has to be a little patience here in that if this is going to be the guy and the future and all those things, it- it's going to take a bit. And so I think we just saw one of those examples. But here was the problem – or here was the the part that I guess surprised me. The thing about Barron that he's always done, and every time I've ever seen him except for this past week, was get rid of the ball quick. Like be very assertive with what he's doing – he looked at, at times like he was very much in slow motion and kind of just 
not real sure where to go with it, when to get rid of it, uh, what, you know, I mean, it, it was, and, and I think credit to Baylor, credit to, um, you know, their defensive line, and he didn't have a ton of time on sometimes, but there is, I think what Joey is saying to you, there's a lot of times where he's got something there and he just needs to take it because now we need to remember too, for all these starts, okay, that the, the, the two that he had, what what's Oklahoma State's biggest weakness on their team? Back in. What 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 is West Virginia the worst at in the Big Twelve? I think they were playing like five on eleven. They didn't even have a secondary. Okay, so we need to remember that. <laughs> we need to remember that is that he and I don't know if he's gonna. I don't know what you know. TCU's is not necessarily and you know, Kansas and Iowa state's going to be salty. Okay. That that's going to be a mess, uh, potentially. And then, but, but in Oklahoma has been a bit of a up and down deal. There's, there's no just, just gauntlet of defenses. However, some of these secondaries are probably going to be better than what Oklahoma state and West Virginia had. So well, I just Baylor's, think we, Chris was a part of a team that I heard Joey McGuire call the best team they've played so far this year. Yeah, that that, Baylor love or well, <laughs> I, I think well, they were picked to win the league, and he said yeah. as much. He's like, I, I picked them to win the league, and, and I think most of that is because of they have more big people than everybody else, or yeah. quality big people. They had a quarterback that 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 won the Big Twelve Conference Championship, uh, won that game against Heckman. For for all that Blake Shapman isn't, I mean, he beat one of the best you know, big 12 defenses that we've ever seen in Oklahoma state last year. And to his credit, and is like, is what second or third start. So uh, that, that, that's pretty salty. I'm just saying we have to understand what you're going to get with Baron right now. So for sure, the, t- the two games, it, it was, he took advantage and, 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 and played well against uh, some not great secondaries, but competition is going to get a little bit better or harder and uh, you have to be willing to deal with it. But, I just thought he was really slowed down, which was the first time I'd seen that. But again, it's okay. He's a he's a young guy. I just I hope people are are patient with the offensive line and that quarterback position and kind of. But it's hard to be patient, and I get it. And you want to win right now, and you want to win, you want to go to a bowl game right now, and all that stuff. But you just you know, hopefully there's a payoff here. I guess is my point. Well, I I certainly. Am invested in Baron Morton. It's it's still very much Baron or bust to me. I just think he's shown too much as far as his capability against Big Twelve competition, and obviously he's the young guy in the room uh, with the biggest future still in front of him as far as football uh, to be played. And I'm I'm more than willing uh, to ride through those days like that. I give Baylor almost all of the credit. I think for making Baron look that way possibly. And you mentioned, you know, Graham Harrell's day and not, I've joked about it so many times over the years being in that section that uh, got the double guns up by two middle <laughs> fingers. I mean, one of your greatest quarterbacks in the history of your program flipped off your home crowd. No, conference and game. I, I loved him that. for it. That, that's who that kid is, man. I mean, you know, he's a but it happens. Now. Yeah, I was thinking great. about, uh, I think BJ Simmons I saw had, a pair of five interception games in a season. I mean, there's just, it ain't going to be perfect, especially when you're chucking it as much. And I know it wasn't a huge number on Saturday because mostly we didn't get to play very much offense. Uh, but when you're chucking as much as you want to under Zach Kitley, some of that stuff is going to happen. I have no problem with riding through the mistakes. The thing that will irritate me the most if it happens, and I don't think we really saw that happen Saturday, is if you get jicky with the leash which I don't have any reason to believe they would, Chris, but that I think is the most dangerous thing 
for a quarterback like Baron Morton. If he's a fifth-year senior and he's stinking and inconsistent here or there and you want to swap it every time he starts stinking, I don't care. What, are you going to run his future as a CFO at Costco or whatever? I don't think so. But Baron Morton's growth, young quarterback's growth, I think can be stunted in some ways by those things or at least delayed uh, by some of those decisions. So I would err on the side of let him have that leash. I mean, he's got to figure it out. You know, I like to touch the stove to make sure it's hot myself. <laughs> so uh, if a quarterback needs to do it, that's fine. And, you know, one of those picks, uh, my, my precious wife, who is not breaking down film like Lombardi every night uh, in the living room, still said, looked young there like a guy that was forcing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty obvious. So uh, hopefully he learned something from it, like the like the entire damn team, by the way, but particularly a freshman quarterback, because you saw something serious on the other side of that line of scrimmage, and you should take some things away from it that'll hopefully make you a better quarterback. And maybe being a coach's kid, maybe even one of those guys we hear so much about, you know, the, the way that he views football or commits to the process of football uh, will help him with that. But I just... Uh, I really do feel like, Chris, in some ways, you're now in a situation where it's got to be in the back of everyone's mind. Even the most confident quarterback you could throw out there is like, God, turnovers have been such an Achilles heel for this team all year long. Are they now, I hope not, like thinking about it too much? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, because it's 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 been as big of a talking point, obviously, as we've had all year long uh, to the negative end of things. So I hope it doesn't become you know, too big of an elephant uh, in the room, so to speak, for them. Whoever it is. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But, again, I, I don't think you can talk about it enough. You can't turn the ball over. I mean, not, not in this deal. You just can't do it. Like, I mean, you got to, you know, throw it in the fifth row, throw it to your, one of your buddies on the sideline, you know, take a sack even. I mean, if, you know, if you have to. But you just – that has to be part of the maturation process here because you're just not giving yourself a chance. No it's doubt about it. Yeah. Hopefully we see that cease sooner rather than <laughs> yes. later. We'll get into coming up this week. Be back with us here on Locked on Texas Tech as we turn our attention toward the Horn Frogs. And I'm really curious about what you're seeing out there, Chris, from these guys in purple because I, I got so accustomed to just assuming no matter how talented Gary Patterson's team might be or not be in Fort Worth, they're going to hit you in the mouth, they're going to be mean and physical, and they were going to have a defensive game plan of some kind. So now that he's not there, I'm wondering what I need to get used to now. And we'll get into that plenty more as we roll through the week and get set for Texas Christian. Uh, enjoyed it as always today, my man. Thanks for the time. Yes, sir. Keep hope alive, man. We'll, we'll be here all week, man. Stay with us and please subscribe. Please subscribe. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> On YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Yes. And after you make Locked on Texas Tech your first listen, do make Locked on Sports today. Your second listen, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day that's locked on sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Again, subscribe on YouTube to Locked on Texas Tech so you never miss a bonus episode. Hope you've caught uh, any of what we've been throwing out as we had some instant reaction to the Big 12's new TV deal with Chris and myself coming out of the weekend. And then also we're joined by uh, Bob Thompson, retired Fox Sports president who gave us some reaction as well to the new deal and tremendous also... job by casey cowan on that podcast <laughs> loved it it's a great seriously it's an education go listen to it i i feel like i got one uh first row because uh he certainly has some insights into the way that the business works and the way these conversations work and i thought really out of all the things we talked about 
One of the more interesting things that he touched on was what it could mean for future movement, Pac-12, television network, et cetera, in that Fox bought Big 12 basketball. I, I thought that was really interesting part of that conversation, one that doesn't get as much attention because it's all football at the time. But anyway, if you haven't taken that in, you can find it there on YouTube, bonus locked on Texas Tech, or anywhere you get podcasts. You you probably already seen it if you're subscribed because I know it hits you with the little bell and lets you know there's a fresh shot waiting for you from Locked On Texas Tech. All right, we're back tomorrow with another one of those. And each weekday morning, 7 a.m. on YouTube, 3 a.m. for the early, earlier than early risers. What are you doing? Maybe you're going to bed. Maybe we're putting you to sleep, wrapping it up after a long night out on the town, catch some Z's with Locked On Texas Tech, possibly. 3 a.m. for the podcast, 7 a.m. on YouTube each weekday. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us once again on Locked On Texas Tech.